Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Sparks of Madness and this week, um, much like last week, something a little different. I'm speaking with Ginny Allende who is, as well as being a stand-up comedian, is also a therapist and um, is one of the guys behind the fantastic work at Headspace Bolton um, which is uh, effectively a comedy collective in Bolton in the northwest in Lancashire, um, which um, has been running for some time now um, and uh, is a safe space, if you like, for people with mental health issues who want to give stand-up comedy a go. I talked to Ginny about um, her experiences in comedy, but also the work that Headspace are doing um, and just how wonderful it has been for them to have uh, a safe space, to have a really liberated um open-minded attitude to mental health and comedy how they can work together and actually talking about mental health in a really um unashamed unabashed way um no fears of um you know overstepping the marks in terms of using incorrect inappropriate jargon or any of that stuff there's no kid gloves here it is people who have mental health issues who feel comfortable enough with each other and in their environment to talk about how funny those issues can sometimes make life. They don't only talk about mental health, talk about all other kinds of issues, but we have a really good chat. And if anything, what it's made me realise is that A, this podcast um, has been set up for the right reasons because a lot of what Ginny and I speak about has been reflected in the, the other episodes already in the can and, and out there for you to listen to and I would re- recommend you go back and listen to any of them if this is one of your first episodes but also um, when when lockdown is you know properly over and I know we're not really locked down anymore but when comedy kicks in again it's made me want to get over to Bolton and have a look at what Headspace are doing and maybe get involved so um, I would really recommend you have a listen she's uh, she's her again her passion her enthusiasm in a very different way from last week's guest Pussycat Bangkok but Ginny's passion enthusiasm is very infectious and um very endearing and has um it was uplifting i think i found it really uplifting conversation so here we go episode 15 Ginny Allende from headspace bolton Okay, um, welcome to episode 15 of Sparks of Madness, and I'm uh, delighted to be joined by Ginny Allende from Headspace in Bolton. Um, so this is a bit of a different direction from a, for us as a podcast because we're speaking to someone from uh, a group which was is specifically um, looking at mental health and performance and has a comedy collective running out of Bolton, um, and I thought it'd be really interested to speak to Ginny. So welcome, Ginny. Hello. How are How you doing? Are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm really good, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> wicked. So, uh, and thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say because most comedians, certainly everyone we've spoken to so far on the podcast and my experience generally of comedy has been of solo performers who are out there on their own. So it's going to be interesting to hear what you guys are doing. So um, why don't you kick off and tell us about Headspace, tell us what you do. Right, so um, I think, well, Headspace was set up over 10 years ago. Um, I was working at the in the NHS in frontline mental health services, and this guy I worked with um, kind of felt there was nothing for him to do in Bolton other than sit in the back of a, a church hall and kind of, uh, I don't know, cross-stitch or something, which was completely inappropriate for a mm. 16-year-old lad. And we set up Headspace with a focus on creativity. I can't say we were wonderful from the start. We were a pretty shitty drop-in. But it did did kind of grow and develop. And uh, one of the things that kind of has really sort of taken off in the last probably about four years, five years, maybe even longer, is the the comedy, the comedy side of things. So we now um, run regular stand-up comedy courses and we have a... Reg- well, you used to, till we were all locked up. Um, we used to have a regular comedy um, night in a local comic book cafe. So 
that's interesting. So what? So apart from comedy, there's obviously other arms as well. Is it is it all sort of performance based, or is it other arts and crafts as well, or, or what? Um, it's whatever anybody that comes to join Headspace wants, really. The comedy came because mm. people were interested in doing comedy. Um, so we just uh, booked a, a comedian. We always book artists that are practicing in the field and have a lot of experience mm-hmm. in the field. Make sure we're top quality. We, we're not light touch at all. And um, mm-hmm. so we worked with Kerry Pritchard first. Um, really? And cool. we've, uh, yeah, and we, we are now currently working with Victoria Cook. Brilliant. That's superb. And so if people um, in your group wanted to get involved in comedy, you obviously, you got a comedian in. And then was that a, a fairly typical of other comedy courses that you may have been aware of? Or was there a, a unique approach that was taken because of the nature of what Headspace has been set up to, to deal with? I think, the, I think the main thing with all the artists we work with is it's a good fit. So mm-hmm. um, sometimes we have had difficulties that uh, people who facilitate sessions um, tone down what we do because it's for mental health and we don't we don't want that we we believe in mm-hmm. the people we work with we know they're talented we know they've got skills the mental health is just an add-on you know and and actually in comedy it's a positive add-on um, so actually we use mental health experience to kind of drive some of the work that we do and uh, but it's yeah people are talented no matter who they are music to my ears but a that you would say you don't want it dialed down um no. because that to me is just it's sort of patronizing and and uh and and you lose something and then also that you say it's a positive um because that's kind of just gets to the the crux of what this podcast was the reason i set it up um was just to explore the idea of a there's always been i think there's always been a you know a sort of an undercurrent of people generally looking at comedians and there's always that sort of the tears of a clown all comedians have got some kind of mental health issue and you look at some of the biggest names in comedy over the years and they've always had that that other side of them where there's been clearly some other issues um but i've always argued that that um it's helped me certainly as a comedian and i think that everyone I know and certainly everyone I've spoken to on this podcast so far um, would say that their their experience of mental health issues has made them a better comedian in one way or another and so it's really refreshing to hear someone kind of nail the colors to the mask straight away with that so that's really good so talk to me about that were you were you involved at Headspace at the time of the first course yourself then Julie? Um, yeah, I've been, I set up Headspace with Stephen. So yeah, from the very beginning, we, I was involved right. and I went through the process myself of um, okay. becoming a comedian, I suppose. So how did that work? What was the process that you went through? Well, to start with, um, I was the kind of kid that, um, would hide in the back row, uh, at any performance. So, uh, being being asked as supposed to kind of stand up on my own with a microphone um, <laughs> in front of people and, and and try and be funny was terrifying mm. and it was interesting in itself because um, i'm 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 classed as a token non-mental in headspace so uh, <laughs> the rest the rest of the group wheel me out to tell my story of of uh, my journey into revelation, I suppose, um, rather than the reverse, which often is like you have somebody with mental health issues describing their story. They, they kind of turn it around and say, oh, Jeannie will tell you their story now. Um, mm. So um, the idea was terrifying. And whenever we performed at the early days, people would say, oh, you guys are so brave doing this. It's like, no, no, Ginny's the bravest because she's the one that's fucking terrified the most here. Um, so it was challenging perceptions a little bit uh, very early on um, and and I like that I like the idea that from the beginning we were saying that uh, these people are funny they've got funny material and and they were just coming up with stuff that nobody else was coming up with because obviously mental health is still very secretive and mm. uh, you don't talk about it unless you're going to talk about it seriously 
so 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 it just it was just lovely how it grew and developed into this kind of collective of people all laughing at each other but importantly as well we realized we we all had the same thoughts and feelings and fears and you know we'd all done very stupid stuff yeah and you've got a almost a perfect it feels like you've got a really perfect environment to explore it sounds a bit wanky but to explore those feelings together in a safe safe space kind of place and what i really i mean i laughed then when you you said the the token non-mental um it's clear already we're only sort of seven minutes into the podcast that you're not you're not someone or you're you're it's not a group where um you're going to pussyfoot around terminology or jargon or or you know worry too much about um those kinds of issues you just it feels to me anyway and I've not worked with you guys at all it feels already to me like you you tackle things head on and you crack on would that be a fair sort of assessment yeah yeah absolutely attitude's really great and that's and that's because of the comedy I think that changed dramatically with the comedy suddenly we were quite relaxed about taking the piss Mm. and uh and everything just felt funny as opposed to having to be really serious all the time. Yeah. And now actually, whatever we do is purely comedy. Whatever medium we're working, it's just comedy. We can't stop ourselves. <laughs> well, that's great. But, and actually that's the thing as well is that, the, you know, when you talk about um, sometimes really quite serious issues, some of the things that stick in your mind and your memory are the things that are sort of sublime ridiculous um and and actually albeit maybe darkly funny very funny so we you know we've uh, we've had people on the podcast before who who've been suicidal and and then talked about their attempted suicide on stage as part of a comedy show and 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 you know managed to make elements of the actual um mechanics of planning a suicide when you break them down actually quite funny you know the logis the, the amount of planning and logistics that people have gone into when they're considering ending their own life yes it's a horrific subject but actually when you break it down if you just change the angle you're looking at it from you think fucking hell okay what am I? you know and and yeah. the ability to find that something that can be laughed at i think is really Again, it's going to sound wanky, but it helps to break down a few of those barriers, those stigmas. So you're, you guys yeah. clearly have no problem with talking about the more potentially more triggering aspects of mental health in a comedy situation. You're, you're no holds barred, you'll crack on. No. Yeah. Interestingly as well, at the beginning of all our courses, we were all coming up with the usual shitty material you come up with in the early days of comedy. Because you're, yeah. you're too scared to go there. And yeah. then we realized that we were going to perform to a real audience and we had to be funny and we didn't want to die on stage. So suddenly we were digging really deep for this material. And, and actually the comedy mm. enabled us to, to, to pull out this material that otherwise, you know, stuff that we were ashamed of, stuff that was really uncomfortable. It's the stuff that makes really good comedy because that's when you relate to the audience who who are kind of mm. thinking this or when you say it, they go, oh my God, yes. You know, that, that really creates that mm. connection with the audience. And, and suddenly we were like digging deep. Like years of therapy don't get you there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good. And, and that's and that's true, actually. I think, I mean, I've certainly, I don't talk an awful lot about my mental health on stage. I, t- I touch on it. Um, and, and I've, t- I've talked about this before in previous episodes. It's tricky um, sometimes because, um you can feel if if it's not an, a night of comedy about mental health which you know let's face it there aren't many of those about if it's a standard comedy night the moment somebody mentions depression anxiety bipolar any of those issues suicidal tendencies any of that there can sometimes be a tangible change of atmosphere in the room so you've then got to really fucking deliver you've got to be good because otherwise what you've done is change the mood and you and and then yeah. and it, you won't get it back so that's it's really fascinating to hear that you just go well actually that's the funniest stuff because i find it funny i find you know i find some of the issues hilarious but it's a risk i once um talked about i had a friend in the audience who who had recently been 
suicidal and was under the care of the crisis team who I'd taken to a gig and and he was really getting into the spirit of the gig when I was talking about antidepressants and I ended up making a joke about the fact that you know ignore that guy in the back I've only brought him here to make sure he doesn't kill himself and and it was an ad lib that was almost just for me and him you know and 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 then you could hear people in the audience go oh what's you know and there's a real change of mood and it's hard to recreate when you're talking about it but actually it was a really funny moment that got the audience over their preconceived ideas of what you can and can't say. So in terms of the number of performers then that you guys have have worked, you know, people that have started comedy with you, how many people in the last five years do you think have have gone through that process and have gone on to start doing comedy in some way? God, uh, probably 15, 20 maybe more. I'm guessing, really guessing. Okay, and and they're they're all people who've come to Headspace because they've got some kind of issues, and have yeah. found this outlet through comedy. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, well, people who wanted to do comedy, because that's the other thing that uh, a lot of people, particularly for from mental services, refer to us. We're not a referral kind of place. People come, um, no. and they'll say, "Oh, you know, it's this guy and and." you know, this will do them loads of good. And it's like, they've no interest in comedy. That's not going to do you any good standing in front of people and being laughed at if you're not into it. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. it's that idea, that, you know, this, this idea that you discover something that works for one person doesn't mean it works for everybody. You, you need to want to be a comedian. Mm. What do you think makes people want to be a comedian? And that's a really open, open and horrible question, but... In your experience of having seen those people through there, what, all right, rephrase it. What do you think makes the people that come to you want to be a comedian? Um, I think they like the idea of the challenge. I think they're just funny in general, or somebody's told them they're funny. Um, I think they just generally enjoy laughing. Uh, not mm. like in any other art form. It's just interesting, isn't it? It's fascinating comedy. Um when you dig deep into what comedy is and how you construct it, it's an absolutely fascinating art form. Mm. And it mm. challenges and it demystifies things and it challenges discrimination beautifully. And in terms of certainly mental health kind of attitudes to mental health from the audiences, then what kind of audience, because you put your own nights on as well, what, what kind of audiences do you attract? Is it just people's mates or is it a moral... Yeah, it's open to, to the gen, open to the general public. Then also our comedians have gone on to do some of the local gigs in Manchester and in Bolton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've done a few, few mm. kind and of what, what local sort of reaction gigs. Did you get? Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, all the other comedians come up to us and kind of tell us that they too have mental health issues. I mean, I need to mm. clarify that our comedians. Don't all talk about mental health. You know, comedy yeah. is yours and you talk about whatever you yeah, want. Yeah, that's fine. But we find that Absolutely. That, that comes up a lot anyway. So, yeah, yeah it's interesting that I think most it's, comedians it shapes a lot of... have come out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and would you say, uh, based on that, you know, your your experience both as a, a performer and, and from the kind of facilitator therapist side of things, would you say that um, the the becoming involved in comedy has been beneficial to to the mental well being of those people that have gone through, you know, across the board, or generally for most people, or not at all, or you know, whereabouts would you put them on that sort of scale? I, I think it has helped a lot. Um, somebody kind of said to me, it's it's really, really nice before you perform that kind of level of anxiety and fear you have. Uh, sort of, it's really, really nice to be anxious for a good reason for a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's something about the joy of kind of people laughing at what you've worked so hard to prepare. Um, and you're doing it on your own and also kind of something about um, owning your experiences is very, very powerful. But I also Mm. um, compare it a little bit with cognitive behavioral therapy because in cognitive behavioral therapy, you do use things like exaggeration to kind of Mm -hmm. pin down a point and kind of highlight how ridiculous your thinking is. Um, You do things like taking everything to the extreme 
And again, mm. to kind of highlight how ridiculous that thought might be, if you take it to extreme, and it's just parallels with comedy everywhere. And, and therapists do use humor uh, in yeah. therapy, but it almost feels like we're not allowed to use comedy in therapy. I mean, one of my colleagues said, oh, you, you can't, you know, this person's really, really ill. You, they can't do comedy. Or another colleague said, oh, uh, this person I was working with uh, really wanted to do stand-up comedy, but don't worry, I've persuaded them not to. And if this thing... <laughs> why what do they think is going to happen <laughs> that's yeah. that would be my question um what do they think is going to happen i suppose um i mean i've I, i've often sort of said that particularly for people whose issues might so, sort of center around anxiety or low self-worth or self-esteem that i can understand why people who who have never done comedy might think um it's really counterintuitive you know why would you put yourself at risk in that way i can understand why but and i guess it's only people who've been behind the mic on a stage who would be able to understand why they're so wrong so about yeah. that i think um my my wife was certainly concerned i think that that my mental health might take a turn for the worse if i w- were to go on stage trying comedy for the first time and die on my ass um and you know because of the potential sort of spiral that might follow but I, i genuinely don't know anyone in the industry who i could say their mental health has suffered solely as a result of comedy not going well for them i can say that if other things aren't right they need sometimes to take a break, but that's like any yeah. job, um, yeah. you know. So I, I do find it, it's one of those things where the the people outside the industry who sometimes some comics might unkindly refer to as muggles, you know, the guys that don't get it, don't understand our world. I can see yeah. why they'd think it, but I, I can't stress enough how wrong they can be. Yeah. Um, and I think the, the rewards are so much greater than the risks that... Yeah. As long as you're someone who can find the funny in something, um, and comedy courses can't teach you how to be funny, um, no. they can they can teach you the techniques to yeah. show off your your already innate funniness, and also the things to avoid doing to hide your funniness. But they can't make you funny; they can no. just reveal what's already there. So you know, go and do a comedy course, uncover what's funny about you, and do it well on stage and you and for me the and, rewards are and work hard because it's mm. hard work isn't it it's ex- it it's is. demanding and and again it's the idea that um, the fact that you work so hard and rehearse it so much and practice it so much that actually when you get on stage it's quite safe yes yeah. you've tried yeah, yeah. it out i mean we're a group as well so we try it on each other and yeah. and we almost uh, when we're rehearsing we almost die on stage repeatedly because yeah. we've all heard our jokes. It's no longer a punchline. So we, yeah. we kind of experience death on stage during our practice because people are not laughing. So yeah. having died on stage It's, it's that train hard fight easy, isn't it? It's, you know, put the work in yeah. off in the background. It's, it's a great point. Um, and, and I think that the other thing as well is that, that, I've found, I don't know if you find this with, with you and, and the guys at Headspace, that, you know, because sometimes if you're not in a great place mentally, it can be really difficult to motivate yourself. But actually, you know, whether it's sitting down and writing or getting together with a group and just kind of riffing and shooting the shit and finding something funny, doesn't have to feel like it's going to take a massive effort to, you know, it's not daunting it's not something that can overwhelm in my opinion anyway will overwhelm you so it's it can be a bit of a tonic just to have that the number of times i've been in a shit mood and then i've had 10 minute conversation with a a fellow comedian and my mood's just changed because Um, you're laughing together and suddenly things are not as scary and as threatening and as gloom and gloom and that's how we cope with everything else in life that's how the normals cope with life and it's almost like we're not allowing people just because they have lived experience of mental illness, we're not allowing them to laugh at themselves. But we do it all the time. It's not mm. fair. <laughs> do, do you think then that comedy has a really, uh, potentially has a place 
um, to in terms of dealing with the stigmatization around mental health then? Yeah, I mean, we work with uh, our comedians have probably every diagnosis under the, the sun. And for example, psychosis is still very taboo, still very unknown. Yeah. I think comedians still use things like schizophrenia and psychosis as a bit of a punch down. So we've, mm-hmm. we've experienced that in comedy kind of places that we can talk about dieting and depression and OCD, but we can't mention the P word. Uh, yeah. Or we mention it as in two personalities and we laugh about it. We've heard that joke several times. So we've all gone, not really. Yeah. We've got people with psychosis here, man. Um, but they take the piss out of themselves on their psychotic kind of experiences. And that's quite interesting really challenges any any perceptions because you're thinking all right this guy on stage is the guy i thought had multiple personalities and was an axe murderer and he's quite funny and quite sweet mm. i think that's one of the other things we've t- we've touched on in, in previous episodes actually is um the levels of ignorance around mental health and also um the there's that exactly what you're talking about there's a, a degree of stigma at one end of the scale and then there's almost a degree of sort of a casual attitude to some of the other perhaps more common issues. So people self-diagnosing, saying, I'm, I'm a bit OCD, yeah. I'm a bit bipolar. And it's like, well, not really, no one's really a bit bipolar. You know, no one's really yeah. a bit OCD when you actually break down what those issues are. And, and I think that the, the more that people are able to talk about the the funnier side of those things, the everyday, the potentially ridiculous side of, of those, um, those conditions and the impact it has on your daily life, potentially, then a people might see a bit of themselves in that. And also, like you say, people are going to say, well, actually schizophrenia doesn't necessarily mean that you're hearing different voices telling you to kill someone or that aliens are invading or, you know, it, it, it's not that, stereotyped yeah. it's not that it's it's much more nuanced and 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 actually most of these people can live among us in a perfectly normal way most of the time um yeah. and here's one now making me laugh <laughs> you know yeah and it's that um, it's that kind of uh completely breaking down sort of taboos or, or kind of perceptions that people have about mental illness which mm. can only be a good thing but also your own internal stigma because i think we have our own internal stigma about ourselves mm. when we're not particularly when I've not been well, it was this almost this sort of shame that I'm a health professional, I should fucking cure myself. Um, mm-hmm. And and actually it's this idea that, you know, we're failing um, somewhere because we've got this. Uh, and that is quite nice using comedy to kind of challenge that inner, inner, mm. inner shame, really. Mm. I think, um, so... Uh, it's it's interesting when we talk about being a, a you know physician heal thyself kind of thing that healthcare professional and and having your own issues so in terms of how often do you perform yourself then jimmy at the moment not at all because headspace has taken off like enormously and i just spent my life writing bids and refeeding back <laughs> on bids and trying to coordinate loads and loads and loads of activities that we're doing uh, and in between that, try and write some yeah. stuff to perform it. So no, I haven't done any performing for a couple of years, I think, now. And I need to get right. back. Yeah, well, do. Please do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, the reason I was going to ask you about that would, would be just if if you could ex- maybe explain, whether it's from you or from the point of view of people you work with in Headspace, the um, maybe... Uh, an example you know of where someone's kind of had a real profound sort of change in their their attitude to their own mental health because of comedy um i just wonder yeah. if there's anyone that you can think yeah um i suppose this guy i work with i've worked with him for five years as a as a therapist in the nhs uh, before i eloped from the nhs thankfully and um and it was the usual case. I went to his house and we sat down and, and talked about his mood and his feelings and shit like that. And then uh, he joined us. He was somebody that we could never get him to, to write anything. We could never get him to kind of uh, rehearse anything or whatever. Eventually, last minute, just produced the most amazing piece of comedy ever. And this guy was born... Um, sort of he's got serious eyesight problems so he for example he'll never drive um and 
and he's never talked about that. That's something that's been something that's been quite difficult for him and shameful almost. Um, and he, uh, it just takes the piss out of that all the time now. It's just really nice. It's just become casual, and we all mm. take the piss out of it. It's sort of, oh my god, you know, we both did a mountain bike leaders course together. And it was like um, the blind leading the idiot because I'm clueless and he is blind. So, you know, it was, it was, it was just really good. And this guy leads mountain bike stuff as well. You know, it's, it's just watching him grow and develop from that and, and how good he is at comedy. He actually forgot his lines halfway through and improv beautifully and got back in, had the whole place laughing. It was amazing. It was beautiful to see somebody that was just so reluctant to even pen it down in the first place. So as a comedy collective then, Headspace, ha- talk to me about, because I've never worked with a collective. Um, it sounds like something out of Star Trek um, or like you know, a bit culty, <laughs> you know, if you're looking at it from that point. What, what would you, how would you describe Headspace as a comedy collective? What does that mean? Um, uh, we hold each other's hands, I guess, when we're feeling a bit scared. We help each other find gigs. Um, we, um, we, we keep on meeting together and writing comedy and performing the comedy in front of each other to sort of kind of check it out and check out if it's shit or not. Uh, we're mm-hmm. all very good at giving, um, I'd like to say it's constructive criticism, but we are quite nasty sometimes. Just say that shit, mm-hmm. get rid. Um, but we want to, we don't want to die on stage. So we want real feedback. We don't want nicey nicey. Um mm. So it's just that feedback for each other to to help enhance it. And we throw ideas at each other so that uh, you then go back and rewrite it with some of those ideas or perhaps you use some of those ideas to kind of create a much bigger exaggeration, for example, or um, just make your comedy a bit more impacting mm. or funnier. So, yeah, you just help each other, really. So it's, it's, it's a really sure. structured support <laughs> network, effectively. Yeah, yeah, I, that's, I that sounds so. good. I mean, uh, so... Yeah, it's because so. And do you have any any people who sort of perform either as a double act or a group, or is it everyone performing on their own? Or we've performed on our own till now, but we've started messing around with improv, um, because mm. because why not? So that's becoming more of a group. We, we do we're writing sketches as well, so that's going to be kind of groups of two or more. Um, so yeah, we, we just constantly, we get bored easily. So we think of new stuff yeah. to like scare ourselves with. And how was lockdown? So I'm speaking to you now in sort of beginning mid, early mid August. Um, it's been coming up for five months since comedy kind of ground to a halt in mid March yes. generally. And, it, and it's there, it's starting to, it looks like comedy's starting to get ready to, to, get the wheels turning again but everyone's a bit apprehensive because as soon as those wheels start turning the fear is that boris johnson's going to slam the brakes on again so but how was all that affected because it's affected every comedian i know but obviously a group like yours where perhaps there's a wider support framework for more than just comedy there's a real kind of camaraderie and i'm get it feels like you guys wouldn't just talk about comedy necessarily you know um has that had an impact on the group uh, I think it has, but the early stages, like I say, everything's become comedy for us. So our, all our interactions, I mean, we can't relate to the real world anymore because we are inappropriate wherever we go. Uh, we blame that on the comedy, <laughs> not on mental health. Um, and so the first instance was like we all said, oh, well, now the normals are going to experience what it's like for us on a regular basis you know stuck at we've home all, and we've all become shut-ins <laughs> yeah. and it's really nice to see that oh this is business as usual for me it's brilliant there's nobody out there when i go to the shops and people keep fucking away from me which is what i've always wanted um so it's, <laughs> it's quite nice at the start but it has uh, it has worn us down i think we do a lot of we do all our workshops on zoom we did try mm-hmm. to do our comedy workshops on zoom it doesn't work you need that i think you do really really need that banter and interaction with people and yeah, um, mm. it really is hard so we tried the improv as well and again that was impossible so we're now writing scripts and sketches for and podcasts and and that works really well we're doing spoken word as well which again automatically with us lot becomes either like really sarcastic or humorous mm-hmm. or dark um so yeah uh, we've, we've continued but 
sli sli slightly altered, but the comedy just feeds through everything we do because we can't stop it. It's just can't stop well, it. I mean, um, why should you? <laughs> why yeah. the hell should you? <laughs> it's brilliant. So, and and what's have you got plan like big plans for what to happen? What will happen when when it, you know? In the, it's hard to imagine life after COVID, but when things get back to anything close to normal, what will Headspace be looking to do? Well, um, Chairman Cafe, where we were running our um, comedy uh, nights, has closed down. So we're right. looking for a, an alternative venue um, at first. Yeah. I mean, our first approach to Cherry Moon is that we kept on asking them relentlessly, can you get alcohol here? Can you get a license for alcohol? Have you got a license? We sounded like really desperate for a gin at nine mm. in the morning. But um, um, because we thought we needed alcohol for comedy and actually the comedians that have been touring, that already tour, uh, coming to us, find our cafe really refreshing because you don't have your hen and stag dudes shouting nonsense at you. Um, so we're trying to find a similar venue um, and perhaps maybe we'll find a couple of venues, a cafe and a pub and experiment with both. Mm. So we need to find a new venue for a regular comedy. We used to fill our comedy nights. The place was rammed and I'm, I'm the social media guy in Headspace and I'm crap at it. So, you know, word of mouth was, was getting okay. people there. Well, we'll um, certainly put. I mean, I'll put the word out. Certainly, and try and find you, help find you a venue for a start. Um, because there, I mean, there's a there's a, a few nights that run in and around Bolton, but I think um, you know, the, there's always room for more. So it'd be great to yeah. to get that back out there, and then and then you'll be just wanting to go back to putting on regular gigs and running workshops and classes and, and yeah, all that sort just of stuff. like actual live classes again. We've not done a, co a stand up comedy course for a while. So we'll get another one going and get new people through. Um, mm. So, yeah, just I mean, we've been really lucky. We've got five years funding from the National Lottery, and that's Brilliant. really hard really hard to get. So And it's on the back of the comedy, I think. Um, mm. Well, everything we do, but Comedy Central. So, um, yeah, so hopefully we'll be doing a lot more of this and, and playing a lot. We play a lot. It's so, so nice. <laughs> Well, that's uh, what you know, I do for a living. <laughs> it, and do you know what it comes across really well? And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass because I wouldn't do that. Um, but you, you've got a really sort of laid back, a nice mix of the uh, of a laid back attitude with obvious passion and enthusiasm, and that comes over really well. And if and if that's if that's what's driving the group, it's obviously that's a big part of the success of the group because it would be real like i alluded to at the start it would be really easy to say okay this is first and foremost the thing that's brought everyone here together is everyone's got some kind of mental health condition um you know this isn't going to be a group full of norms you know um and so we need to tread really carefully and clearly it's evolved into something where treading carefully is just why would you want to why wouldn't you yeah. want to take a risk and, and why wouldn't you want to explore the boundaries and stuff and that's that's really refreshing and from there will come great comedy i'm sure it, it yeah. must do um so who's have you got any sort of people that have been through the the group who are what you would call your sort of your success stories or your examples of people who've kicked on into the into the wider industry um, a few kind of took off and, and did a few gigs, but they seem to have stopped um, mm. recently. So I'm not sure why that is. COVID is playing a big part. Mm. And mm. so, so no, they, they started just around the Manchester scene, but then kind of stopped. So, so I'm looking at that. Why are people stopping? Mm. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with periods of low mood for example or periods of illness mm. that and getting back started is difficult so maybe that's something we need to mm. Mm. make sure that that's there or kind of they've done it a couple of times felt really good about it and they're happy with that i don't know i'll need to ask mm. them more about that they've not died it'd be great I, to I've see <laughs> yeah well i mean the thing is it's tricky isn't it because it's it, Comedy is one of those things, I suppose, the industry is very easy to lose momentum. Um, the the one positive about COVID is that everyone's lost momentum at the same time. So everyone's had the brakes put on. So when it starts up again, everyone's starting from a, you know, not zero miles per hour or whatever. But it would be great if, um, you know, some of the guys that are doing comedy 
as part of the collective there were able to kick on into the wider industry and bring some of that kind of um because I think it it does feel, feel a bit, from what you've said it feels just a little different a little a little bolder a little braver than a lot of certainly the open mic level lower levels of comedy can be quite samey quite you know you talk about the Manchester scene you might go to clubs in Manchester and Liverpool and you know you're seeing the guys that are breaking into comedy or sort of one or two years in and there's a lot of similarity there mm-hmm. so it'd be really refreshing to see what your guys could bring to those nights I think um, yeah and I think transport's another one because a lot of they, they live on they're on the dole you know they have no mm-hmm. no access to transport mm-hmm. um it's, it's there's lots of reasons why they're not getting out there. Once they've done Manchester, they can't get into Liverpool. It's too far away. Yeah. Um, so we need to kind of find a way of sharing lifts and, and getting back yeah. out there. Oh, the, yeah. The, the comedy car share is is great. Yeah. You, you know, you're talking <laughs> of that's that's almost so. That I, I I car share regularly with a few guys who are complete fuck ups, and um, it's and it, it's, we've almost got our own little version of headspace in the car from West Yorkshire, and yeah. uh, and it's great because you can you can vent about your anything going on with your mental health, and you can you can talk about comedy, you can say things that are potentially unsayable, and then work out. Yeah. How to get him in how, how can I dilute that into my set so that I don't get locked up but I get a laugh and you know so I think if you can get your guys if you can find a way that would be great and even if it's a case of now and again you know three or four of your guys getting on a lineup somewhere together yeah. and you know and suddenly we've got yeah that's what know, we've I, been I trying to gigs do over in West Yorkshire and you know so you know if you ever see me advertising for gigs for open mic nights or whatever let's get some of your guys on that's yeah. fantastic so yeah um, definitely be amazing so and similarly <laughs> so, um, we're always looking then. for comedians okay. for hours so um we're always looking for comedians oh, well, uh, for hours as well so it's like that just start getting involved in a more of a share oh god share. yeah i'd love to come over I'm a proper stage whore. I'd love, you know, if I can get on stage for any, anything, I'll come and do it. So, um, so there's a few few last questions then. So, and the first ones that I mean, I would normally talk about: is it okay to talk about your mental health on stage? But clearly, it is for your guys. Um, and uh, but the, the next one would be if you could change, whether it's you as Ginny or you as Ginny from Headspace, if you could change anything about the the comedy industry as you see it at the moment what would and obviously when i say at the moment i don't mean in lockdown but generally in sort of this sort of time what would you change about the comedy industry do you think Uh, (laughs) it's a horrible question Um, because it's so open-ended but i i think being able to fill clubs uh when when clubs are quite empty is quite hard i think and mm. um, so again it's down to finances isn't it and paying paying comedians adequately for their work mm. um, things like grants the, the arts council does not consider stand-up comedy an art form it is an art form and yeah things like that yeah absolutely I've, I've and we've seen that things. through <laughs> through the pandemic as well actually it's been well no but that's fine but the last when you talk about that as well you know we've seen that with the the big bailout that was announced far too late from the treasury for the arts industry and then stand-up comedy and and that uh, comedic performances weren't seen as being worthy of part of that despite the the you know the when you look at i was trying to explain to someone when you look at Everyone you see on Live at the Apollo, Mock the Week, yeah. you know, QI, all of these guys, every one of those will have done a, a Monday night at Hot Water or a Beat the Frog at the Frog and Bucket. Or yeah. do you know what? They'll have done five minutes at the Dog and Duck somewhere and not got paid um, to try out material, you know. And, and and they've all schlepped around the country and worked really fucking hard to get where they are. And yeah. every sitcom you see on the TV has got somebody it's behind written it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm writing a sitcom myself at the moment, so fucking, yeah. you know, that's how it works. <laughs> and yet, it's not an art form. You think how much money and revenue and and entertainment, and let's not just forget laughter being a, a the best medicine kind of cliche. Yeah. And yet, it's not an art form. So that's something that pisses me off. You're absolutely right to mention that. Um, and when we first started, the last question um, I have the arts council you. was very, okay. very interested, very interested in what we were doing, but they asked us to 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 call it something else other than stand up. 
um, storytelling or kind of narrative or something. And we, we refused. <laughs> In those days, we had principles, you see. Uh, we, we had real jobs and principles. <laughs> now we only have this job. But now you'll call it whatever the, fu- whatever the fuck they want you to call it. <laughs> whatever they want. You, you'll call it whatever no. now. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't, you know, and, and we said, no, it's stand-up. And the whole point, the whole, yeah. why it works is because it's stand-up. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And 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 clearly, for Headspace, stand up as well as being an art form is, like you say, it's a form of therapy. It's a, it's it's useful. It's helpful to these people who maybe have no other outlet. So, you know, fucking let's recognise that. I think is is the way to go. And yeah. um, the last question I would have for you then, and and I suppose because of your slightly unique perspective, I'll I'll slightly broaden it out. Um, would be let, let's let's say you're fifteen twenty people that have been through headspace over the five years to to get on stage and perform comedy if you could wave a magic wand and um so let's you know for yourself individually first of all but for anybody else that you've dealt with do you think any of them would take this deal okay we can make it wave a magic wand we can take away any highs or abnormal highs and lows in their mental health they're going to have steady safe levels of mental health well-being for the rest of their time but they don't ever get back on stage and do comedy. Do you think many people would take that deal? I I don't think so. I I don't think I would uh, personally. Mm. I think uh, my life is full of uh, mad rushes and crazy stuff. And currently, my life's become crazy, and I would not change it. And I don't think any of them would. Um, now, I'm not sure uh, pre-comedy whether they would have. Uh, or mm. pre-using their mental health for their art forms, all the art forms. But now they kind of recognise that actually this is who I am and why I am who I am. It's quite nice to see and hear. It is. I think, you know, again, not blowing smoke up your ass, but I think what you're doing is really special and really great. And um, Keep blowing, and, uh, it's know. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, blow as much smoke as you want. Uh, but no, I, I genuinely do. And I, <laughs> and, and the thing was, until so, I, so how this came about was, I put a message out on some of the f- Facebook comedy groups, and and our, you know was just appealing for guests to try and vary the lineup. And and I didn't know about what you guys do. I had no, I had not heard of Headspace in Bolton. I've gigged a couple of times over Bolton Way, hadn't heard about it. Um, don't don't know much about it. So how can people, if people want to get involved, either to come along and see what you do, or if people in Bolton want to come along and try what you do, how can people get involved with Headspace? Uh, social media. So our Facebook is um, Headspace Bolton. Our Twitter is the same, Headspace Bolton. That's the best way to find out up-to-date stuff. Um, we have our website under construction. It has been under construction for about seven years. So we're okay. kind of not bothering with that. Uh, we <laughs> need to get that done. But yeah, and if not, it's um, headspacebolton at hotmail.co.uk. And okay. probably be me answering. And brilliant. And if people, uh, if, they're, if they're not so much worried about seeing the comedy or doing the comedy, but just want to offer support, is there anything that people can do to support the work you do? Apart from finding you somewhere to gig in Bolton, um, is there anything else that people could do to support the work you're doing? Um, again, sort of collaborating more with comedians, I think, and it's mm-hmm. that kind of sharing, uh, being able to go to different gigs all over the place. I think that would be the mm-hmm. best. More, more kind of embedded in the comedy. Because like yeah. you say, nobody knows about us because we're not very well embedded in the comedy scene. I so think. I'll just put that shout out there then, because I know a few people listen to this. If you're if you're anyone booking any level of gigs in the Northwest, then keep an eye out for Ginny or her, any of her team from Headspace Bomb. Let's give these guys a crack at, at the uh, the more mainstream scene and see what they can do, because it sounds fascinating and uh, it'd be nice to see. And it'd be nice just not to have a parade of uh, endlessly straight white middle-aged men like me on stage every night so um, <laughs> talking myself out of stage time but no let's do that that's been fast, fantastic Ginny it's been really nice talking to you I hope you've enjoyed it as well and um, yeah we'll spread the word about what you guys are doing okay thank you very much Graham it's lovely talking thank you. to you thank you so much yeah. cheers
there you have it. That was episode 15. Um, I think, uh, again, we covered a lot of ground, talked about a lot of issues uh, because of the nature of the comedy collective that is Headspace Bolton. We didn't necessarily delve into the specifics of any individual's issues too much, but I think it was a nice um, barometer, if you like, for talking about the general collation between comedy and mental health and 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 something a bit more structured because most comedians live a relatively solitary existence within the comedy world we quite often travel to gigs alone we, we most 99 percent of comedians perform alone um and so to have that kind of collaborative uh, collective approach and uh by design have a safety net have a, a community um, there seems to be a double-edged sword, if I'm honest. I think it, it seems to be great for um, entry level, getting getting yourself into comedy. But what was clear is that the next steps for some of these guys who are clearly, from, from Ginny's enthusiasm, she's very proud of the work they've done, clearly some very funny people, um, the next step is how do they take that, move from there into the more mainstream routes into comedy and, and, you know, any promoters or acts listening out there who have some routes in for these guys, let's get them out there. Not in a patronizing way. Let's just see if they're as fucking as funny as, as Ginny says they are, because she says they're fucking funny. So let's find out if they really are. Um, and, and if, and if they can cut it and, and, and if so, brilliant. And if not, how can we help them? Because, you know, comedy should be an open shop. We should all have a place. And uh, these guys have found their place, but then there's a glass ceiling or a, even a, a glass house around them that they can't seem to break out from there into to normal gigs because maybe they're not as accessible. So there's some work to be done there, so let's do it. Um, anyway, that was episode 15. If you like what you heard, um, then like, subscribe, share, spread the word, tell your mum and dad, tell your friends, whatever. But um, thanks again for listening. Uh, 15 episodes already. Um, Wow, it's going well. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying doing it. And I hope you're enjoying listening. So um, see you again soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Sparks of Madness is hosted by Graham Rayner and is a gag and bone man comedy production.